Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. I've got good news. Jess Romero will be joining us from Washington, D.C. in our second segment of the show, so stay tuned to that. Today we're going to be, and also Matthew Arnold will join me at about the third or fourth segment. We're going to be talking about some studies that came out on the study of marriage and what has happened regarding uh, how few people wanting to get married and what's the solution to that. Also, Google tests an AI, artificial intelligence tool that is able to write the news articles. Isn't that interesting what AI can do? And then I want to give you a good news story about a Filipino girl, a little 13-year-old girl. Uh, she died at age 13, but wait till you hear her story. And, how, well, she's a great uh, example for us on for sainthood. So those are, the, those are the things. And also Jesse will give us the update regarding his Washington, D.C. trip. Also, uh, just for your good-to-know file, I keep saying we need to keep pushing back. Alaska reverses a ban on altar wine in prisons. They decided to say, yeah, we can't bring altar wine in for the prisons for the priests to say mass. It's a, they, the guys might take it or it could be, you know, contraband. Well, the Catholics pushed back. And uh, the Department of Corrections released a statement saying their policy has been reversed. So what's my point to this? We need to continue to push back. Don't roll over when secular humanists or the government tells us we can't do certain things for our Catholic faith. So there you have it. All right. And also, I am going to read the gospel, but I also want to mention some verses about hell, that the church still teaches it because uh, the catechism makes it clear, and I'm going to bring that up today to review that because I think uh, the Fatima children have some great advice for all of us, and that will come a little later. But let's get the short Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. I think of that scripture verse to read because we live in a culture that's frightened. We have this COVID frightenedness. We have a, a gov big government. People are frightened of their government. They don't trust the media. They, uh, who do they trust? Well, put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's who you trust. And don't be frightened because, as the Bible says, what people can, uh, the people who can hurt your body but not your soul. So the worst thing anybody can do is, yeah, kill us. And I think, I think of one of the great saints. St. Thomas More said, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So we got to keep our eyes focused on heaven. But I also want to bring something up uh, after Fulton Sheen. Uh, I want to bring up to you uh, that deals with the other side. There's a possibility of going to hell. And right now, strong possibility of hell. So be, let's do that right after Bishop Sheen. We'll, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. For Full Sheen ahead. This applies to us today. It was written 70 years ago. He says, Our delinquent youths in America become delinquent because they have no mission, no purpose in life. Pour steam into a boiler and give it no work and it will blow up. Youth is blowing up for the same reason. 
That analogy by Bishop Sheen, I think of young people who sit in front of computers or televisions when they should be having exercise and getting focused to do work, physical work. We need physical work. Uh, We need it terribly um, every day. And if we don't, we go nuts. And that's just how it works. We need exercise. So Bishop Sheen, you're spot on. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. All right, well, let's talk, if we can, before Jesse comes on about hell. Talking about heaven and hell. Many people think of universal salvation, that everybody's going to go straight to heaven. But that's not the case. That's not what the Bible says. That's not a biblical world worldview. All right, paragraph 1033. So when people say, oh, the church doesn't teach anything about hell anymore, well, they're wrong. As it says, we cannot be united with God unless we freely choose to love him. So there's no free passes. We cannot love God if we sin gravely against him, against our neighbor or against ourselves. He who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Our Lord warns us that we shall be that we shall be separated from him if we fail to meet the serious needs of the poor, the little ones who are his brethren. To die in mortal sin, here it is, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, to die in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's mercy, merciful love means remaining separated from him forever. It doesn't get any clearer than that. By our own free will. This state of definitive self-exclusion from the community of God and blessed is called hell. Now remember the children at Fatima in 1916 in the month of July. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's a good thing to keep in mind. She said, I wish people could see hell. Then they would be terrified to go there. The problem is most people don't think anything about it. Like, Come on, we're all going to heaven. Not even a possibility. I'm a good person. I didn't kill anybody. But you think about it, is it's a it's a it's a very deceptive message, and it's the devil who does this. He doesn't want you to even think he exists, because that's when he's more powerful when you don't think that. And there's several other paragraphs in the catechism that talk about uh hell and uh it's important that we understand this last judgment. We have the particular judgment and the last judgment. They're all the same results, and that is you either get to go to heaven or hell or spend time in purgatory. And I would encourage everyone to read the Fatima message of the children on their July visit of 1917 when Our Lady showed them the image of hell and saying that, Many souls are going to hell because of sins of the flesh. That was 1916. Do you think now that we have the Playboy and Penthouse and all the other pornographic things, even the Internet is full of pornography, that more souls are going to hell now? I would think that common sense says yes. And then, you know, we, we have the good news um, with Jim Caviso, who's an amazing actor and what did i say about him well now they're at a hundred million dollars of gross sales 
on their movie. And if you hadn't gone to see the movie, maybe it would be time to do it now. But um, this is showing you that the devil is alive and well. And what I really wanted to mention is the media is like shocked that the movie, they're saying um, uh, crowdfunded Christian movie Sound of Freedom hits $100 million. Can't figure out why. Well, I'll tell you why, um, liberal media. It's because Jim Caviezel's movie is talking about many people in the media, in Hollywood, that play the game of child trafficking. And they don't want to hear it. And I'm hoping and praying that this is a wake-up call for all of us to realize that the child, child trafficking is going on and it's one of the reasons they... They don't, we, you know, many people don't want to see the border uh, locked. In other words, we want an open border. It's easier to take these kids and abuse them when the border isn't being watched. As, as the movie pointed out, most of the customers for child trafficking are in America, and they generate these from Mexico. So it's worldwide, but I think the movie is exposing something that the liberals do not want to have anything to do with. So it's important that we keep that in mind. I also want to, I don't think I'm going to get a chance, but I want everybody to keep in mind there's a little Filipino girl whose cause is up for sainthood. She was only 13 years old when she lost her battle uh, with her heart and the incurable heart disease. But what did she do all day long? She would be praying. She prayed a rosary, a rosary around her neck. She was giving out rosaries, telling people, to repent and believe in the gospel. What a great evangelist. And um, she just died in the 1980s, uh, 1988. So it's an amazing story of a little girl, Filipino saint, in northern Philippine diocese. And I would encourage you to check it out. It's um, on the light, on uh, Spirit, uh, Spirit Daily has the article on it. And why do I say that? Because we need saints today. Because we're living in some really challenging times. And the, we have to look to the saints. Don't look to church leaders. Sorry. Because they're not giving us a very good example of what saints have done by laying their life on the line for sharing the gospel. It seems to me that we're one with the world right now. We've got to stop that. When we come back, Jess Romero been gone all week. What's he doing? Well, you're going to find out. You've got to hear what he has to say when we come back on the Terry and Jesse show. Also, I wanted to thank all of you who have been supporting us. We completed all the video uh, production for the spiritual warfare video that we're producing. And I want to thank you for those who have donated to it. If you want to donate, call 877-526-2151 or go online to vmpr.org. That's virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And I thank you in advance. Stay with us. Jess Romero will be giving us an update from Washington, D.C. when we come back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I believe Jess Romero's calling in. Mr. Engineer, do we have Jess? Not yet. Okay. So I want to just start off with this then. Uh, I wanted to mention that the Catholic Church really does have the answer 
to the problems of the culture. It's the family. And what is at the heart of the family is marriage. Now, marriage is outdated, supposedly, in our culture right now. Two in five young adults think that the tradition of getting married, it really doesn't matter. We can just live together. And that's why the number of, of marriages in the Catholic Church just have gone way, way down. So a staggering 85% don't even think need to get married to have a fulfilling and committed relationship. So 85%, 15% think it's important. 85 say no. Interesting, the poll commissioned by the Thriving Center of Psychiatry found that more women, 52%, than men, 41%, have this view of marriage for so much for saying yes to the dress, you know? The survey comes as a Pew Research study finds one in four, one of four 40-year-olds in the United States has never walked down the aisle. Now, the U.S. Census Bureau adds that 34% of people 15 years and older have never been married as of 2022. I'll give you a, a 1950, it was a little different. That number was 23%. So what's up? Why aren't young people putting a ring on for serious relationships? Well, oh, okay, before we get to the answer to that, my brother Jesse, or let Jess interrupt us. Brother Jess calling in from Washington, D.C. All of our listeners are wondering what you're doing, brother. Thank you for calling in. I'm over here, I'm over here in Washington, D.C., representing a coalition of Catholic apostolates. Okay. It's, uh, it's called uh, the Coalition of the deposit of faith, mm-hmm. taken from Bishop Strickland's famous phrase that keeps getting them in trouble. Yep. Uh, and and we're, we're here at, at the National Press Club. This is yeah. basically the headquarters here of journalism here mm-hmm. in, in the entire country. Okay. And, and we're having a press conference. It's, uh, it's basically to get the press. It's, it's not for lay people. It's not a lay conference. It's not a lay rally like Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's a press conference for the national press, different conglomerates. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to spotlight that our bishops, and I say this with a lot of pain and shame, is that a lot of our bishops are involved, uh, well, the USCCB as as a body, as a nonprofit organization, is involved in areas that are just not Catholic. They're doing things with government money, that have nothing to do with the deposit of faith, nothing to do with the Catholic faith. Right. So we got a panel of experts here. We got four experts talking on different topics. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, uh, in Michigan, they're about to pass hate speech, hate speech laws. Uh, well, the bishops were silent on that. The speaker said, the lawyer said that he was sitting next to the bishops there in Michigan, and they said nothing. Wow. As Michigan is... is uh, we had another speaker talking about immigration, that the connection between all the money that comes into, you know, Catholic charities. Oh, yeah. For, for, uh, for, for uh, they, you know, they, they use terms uh, like, uh, you know, migrant and, sure. uh, you know, they, they use all these compassionate terms, but they're swimming in millions of dollars and uh, they, they don't have 990 forms like everybody else. They don't have to report what they do with the money. And that's wrong. Oh, that is wrong. Uh, there's also, yeah, another speaker that, uh, Another speaker that that uh, talked about uh, some of the bishops are getting into Second Amendment, uh, talking about Second Amendment issues. What does that have to do with the deposit of faith? Telling Catholics to turn in your gun, not to have a gun. That's that. I mean, that's that's uh, 
So we're here basically, uh, many Catholic apostolates trying to tell the press, we want, we want to get this conversation started, and we want our bishops to disentangle themselves yeah. uh, from, from, from millions of Democrat congressional money that goes into their coffers. Because, Terry, you know, we, we know what St. Paul said 2,000 years ago, the love yeah. of money is the root of all evil. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is what we're seeing right now, and this is compromising our church. This is why the mission of evangelization is compromised. Uh, you know, you, you hear silly remarks like, you know, some bishops are saying, uh, we don't want to evangelize the youth. You know, just, you know, we just want all, all you know, we don't want to bring them to Jesus. Uh, you know, other bishops, oh, yeah, I haven't baptized anybody in 30 years. Right. That's horrible. Uh, you know, yeah. You know, uh, other bishops saying, oh, I just wrote a book teaching teenagers how to kiss on the art of kissing. Oh, Terry, so much crazy stuff is going on in the church right now, and I think this is the first. This is the first shot, you know. This is the first shot, you know, across the bow. Yeah. Where you got many Catholic lay apostolates are just saying, bishops, we're calling you to fidelity, we're asking you to be shepherds, we're asking you to be apostles. We don't want you to be politicians. We already have two parties to choose from. We don't need a third party. So that that's what we're doing here, Terry. So it's it's more it's more for the press. It's not for if some lay people have shown up. Yeah. But uh, it's we're trying to get the press to pick these stories up, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe we could get the ball rolling, and maybe we could get a national conversation started, basically saying lay people don't want their bishops, and they don't want the money that the bishops receive to go to any uh, policies. Or any issues that are that are promoted by the Democrat Party. That's yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and Jesse, I think it's over sixty percent of the budget comes in from the federal government, and that's you know that's the problem. Follow the money. Yeah, and I'll tell you why it's a problem because at the very least, it buys their silence. Yes, exactly. You're you're not going to say anything against somebody who's who who gives you the funding to run half of the budget for your organization. Right. You're going to keep your mouth shut. Yep. If they tell you, hey, don't talk about abortion. Hey, don't talk about homosexual marriage. Yeah. Don't, you're going to keep your mouth shut. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, again, I, 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 uh, I hope this is something that's ongoing, that we can spotlight this at least annually and spotlight, call the press and say, hey, we're faithful Catholics. We love the church. We're not schismatics. We're not renegade uh the church is our mother jesus is our lord but there are things that are happening in our church because the democrat party's got their they've got their hands basically in the bishop's pockets and we want this to stop we we want there to be you know the the, the liberals the left's always talking about separation of church and state okay all right let's separate it okay right, right. uh cut all the funding to the u.s bishops and let them, they don't need their castles, Terry. They don't need their palaces. You, you, I'm looking at the USCCB headquarters. I mean, it's like, it looks like, uh, you know, something from Las Vegas. I mean, the, I, I just don't see, the, when our Lord says, you know, take nothing with you, you, mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, carry a walking stick. We have departed, as successors of the apostles, they have departed so far 
from what Jesus called his apostles to a life of self-detachment. Yeah. And that also pains me. That yeah. also, I'm embarrassed by it. Sure. I'm pained by it. But I also see the way uh, that's, uh, that's bought their silence. And this is why they're not, they're not evangelical. Right. They're, not, they're not concerned of what you and me are concerned with. We're, we're concerned with saving souls, getting people to heaven, getting people yep. to know the person of Christ. They're not, Terry. Yeah. They're, they're concerned about other issues. Well, I think of them as CEOs of, of corporations. They, they run really business-like or organization rather than having a, a zeal for souls. And as you know, Jesse, canon law, the last canon says that it, you know, the work of the church is for the salvation of souls. So as Bishop Sheen yeah. said, you know, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. And I think you and the others that are there are sending a message to our bishops to say, look, you know what? You're, you're missing your, your calling. Your calling is not to be of this world. It's to help us get to the next one. And I think that's loud and clear when, what you're doing. And I support what you're doing, Jesse. And uh, thanks for letting us well, know what's going on. I'm representative of the NPR family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're our representative there, among other groups that are there. And again, it's a message that, I mean, Jesse, I have this article right here in front of me. And I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that we wrote long. It was back in 19, 2018. And people say things to Jesse, Terry, you're always criticizing the church and even the Pope. But this was done uh, May 22nd, 2018. The Pope himself said, it's not a sin to criticize the Pope here. This was to That's the right. Italian Episcopal Conference, the yeah. 71st General Assembly. This is something that he said it's okay to do. So I, I do it. We don't do it to be vindictive. We criticize our church leaders when they're not leading. It's kind of like what Fulton Sheen said uh, when he said, who's going to save the church? How do we do? How do we save the church? By telling our bishops, our leaders in our church to act like bishops, to act like good holy priests. And I think yesterday we had uh, Bishop Strickland on. It's going to be broadcast next Tuesday. And he said, you lay people need to call us out when we are doing things wrong. Please call us out because if you don't, nothing wow. will happen. Wow, what a! You know, Terry, we also started off the the the, the press conference right now. The press conference is on right now. They got the last speaker. Yeah. Uh, but we started off with we went in, and uh, and so, you know several of the apostles that are here. We went over and prayed in front of the USCCB headquarters. Good. Uh, I led the prayers there for about an hour. We prayed for about an hour right in front of the USCCB headquarters. Good. We prayed for them. Prayed for our bishop. Sure. Pray for That's the love. grace of conversion. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, there were some priests that were pulling in, or maybe bishops, who knows, driving into the driveway. Yeah. But uh, the only thing, you know, they can see us looking out the window. They can see, you know, you know, two, three dozen people praying, praying outside in front of the headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they did send to us was the police. The police were there. And, you know, it was funny. I'm just, I'm looking, I'm saying. Tell me. Uh, you got a you got a bunch of people with rosaries in their hand, a bunch of yeah. people that are you know <laughs> that probably never been arrested before, and and, and uh, they're looking at us like we're ant for a Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was you know that was pretty sad. Uh, that is sad. That is sad. But Jesse, yeah. you and I know that many of the progressive bishops are frightened when they're being exposed, and so they're going to do things. Like that. Oh, yeah, these guys, could they're, they're, they're going to do violence. Yeah, with my rosary, dude. Come on, get over it. But they're frightened that yeah. you're speaking up because you're exposing them for what they're doing and what they're not doing. 
Yeah, and that's exactly it. We're just trying to put the spotlight, spotlight yeah. on the truth. So there you go. On, um, on, yeah. Jesse, keep it up. Anything, yeah. Uh, yeah. give us a, we just talked about, I quoted the Catechism of the Catholic Church on the existence of hell because so many people in our church even today think that nobody's going there. Do you have any thoughts on that? That Why is it important to give people the four last things in a world that lives like God doesn't exist? I think it's important. How about you? Yeah, Terry, you know, it's funny. It's uh, Every time you look at the Gospels and Jesus talks about salvation, Yes. He, four times he's asked, in, in, in the Gospels, all four times he says, uh, "Many are called, but few are chosen." And yep. he says, "Strive to enter by the narrow gate; few people find it." Yep. So, according to Jesus, few people are going to be there. That's why we need to tell them about salvation. Repent and believe right. in the gospel. The path to into the church is not acceptance; it's conversion. Jess Romero, we'll see you back on the right. show next week. You Thanks for calling in. God bless. Matt Arnold coming up next here on the Virgin Most Powerful Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is in Washington, D.C. You just heard Matthew Arnold's picking up the baton for for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Matt, God bless you. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me along. I always uh, appreciate it. We do. Matt, I was just uh, talking about this uh, survey from Pew Research and all the rest of them saying that marriage is outdated in our culture. Mm. Now, you and I have gone over statistics of baptisms, marriages, They've all gone way down, okay, in the last 25 years. And you're saying two in five young adults think that it's just not, you know, uh, any, it, it matters nothing to be married. There's no purpose in it. And I said before you came on that the Catholic Church has the answer because the Catholic Church has an answer to the family. In other words, what is the family? And St. John Paul II wrote a letter to the families, and I quote it all the time. He says, Where's the culture going? Where it's where the family goes. Strong mm-hmm. family, strong culture. So what has happened in the last, I'd say, 50, 60 years, Matthew, that long, we see family life going down, and we see suicide going up. We see all kinds of horrible things when uh, we realize that the blueprint that the Catholic Church has said about what marriage is for is really the answer, and our culture isn't willing to even look at that at this point. So I wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts in regards to this, you know, terrible statistic that says young people don't want to go and get married anymore. Well, you know, Terry, I think there is, uh, for one thing, yes, it's it's just the uh, it's the kind of the slippery slope. Mm. You know, uh, think about. <laughs> I often uh, tell you know when I have catechumens at RCIA, mm-hmm. I, I tell them that the uh, the church's teaching on sexual ethics and divorce and remarriage and so forth is very simple. Mm-hmm. You can find it all in the first twelve verses of Matthew's Gospel, chapter nineteen. There you go. Jesus, in less than three hundred words, Jesus lays it all out. Yep. And uh, you recall, he says, uh, "I've got my Bible yep. here." Uh, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery. Right. His disciples said to him, if that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. You know, see, they, they couldn't imagine a world where you would have to stay married for life. Yeah. And we're back in that situation. And worse, we can't imagine a world without contraception and abortion. Right. You know, think of like my, my dad, when he was born, contraception was illegal in many states and universally condemned by Protestants and Catholics alike. And you remember uh, in the 1960s, the argument for abortion 
was that it, it, it should be tolerated. And this was the left. Yeah. We should just we should tolerate abortion. Nobody wants some an abortion. Abortion's terrible, but you know, in the in these certain circumstances, it must That's be you'll remember you'll remember this legal, safe, and what? Mm -hmm. Rare. Exactly. And now and now it's argued for as if it was a human right. Right. Because we can't imagine a world where sex is about procreation and not just about recreation. Yeah. And and you think that's not going to affect a generation of kids? Well, you're nailing it. And we're at right at the time where uh, a movie on child uh, trafficking has hit $100 million in sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jim Caviezel's uh, Freedom movie has just gone through the record uh, and for, for sales. And I think that I'm hoping at least, Matthew, that that movie will open people's eyes up to uh, child trafficking and, and tie all this into pornography also. You don't get mm -hmm. child, uh, child trafficking without getting people going on pornography. That's, I think it's just a stepping stone. Yeah, it's a gateway, yeah. as you would call it. Like, yeah, uh, gateway, like sure. A gateway drug. Uh, and it is because, because the first thing it does is that it deadens your um, feelings towards these things. If you can... If you can uh, access those things, have those images, those ideas in your head, um, they're going to affect the way you think. That's that's why, you know, St. Paul says uh, in uh, was it Philippians 4, if there's anything good, if there's anything wholesome, if there's anything, you know, worthy, think about those things. Right. Right. You need, you need to, you need to, as he says in Romans, be renewed or be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know, not to, not, you don't fill it with garbage and expect uh, uh, any other result. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and again, uh, this movie, Sound of Freedom, with Jim Caviezel in it, uh, really highlights the horrible culture worldwide, not just in America, but this is a worldwide thing. And I mentioned earlier before the first segment, Matthew, that July, back July 13th, 1917, Our Lady appeared to the children and showed them a vision of hell. And mm -hmm. what she said, and I thought this was really a, a neat thing that she says. She said, here's what she said. I wish people could see hell like I did. And the reason she said that is because then they would be terrified to go there. Mm. And I think that I, the, one of the reasons people are doing these things is because they really don't think there are consequences to this bad behavior. That's absolutely the point. That, and that isn't, isn't that the point of contraception? Of course. That we're going we're going to remove the consequence yes. of, of that sexual union. And if the contraception doesn't work, then we've got abortion to fall back on. Again, right. it's about trying to escape the consequences of the things that, that we do. Yeah. You know, what is it? Ecclesiasticus or, or Sirach? Mm, I want to say 714. Okay. That says, uh, remember always thy last end and thou shalt never sin. Yeah, yes. Right. It's the idea. If, if you if the if the if the image of hell was real, yes, you know it would have a greater effect on on people's behavior. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I said this yesterday about the Saint Ignatius spiritual exercises about imperfect contrition, and you know, many people uh, will not go to hell if they just do the right thing because of fear of going to hell. I mean, this mm -hmm. is the Catholic Church's position. And, but right. yeah, you, you, you want you want to avoid these things because you love God so much. But that oh, that'd be you know, great. That's the ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, staying out of hell is still the. Uh, but you see, this you know, is the the problem from what I can tell 
with young people today. <clears throat> they really think uh, that there's no consequences to their actions because they haven't been taught <clears throat> that there is <clears throat> a reckoning, what we call you know, our exit interview. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a shock to many of them. And I think this is my take, Matthew, because I want to get to another topic a couple more, but I'm going to leave you on this. My take on it is that we have sins of omission on our part. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is have we tried to compelling message to our young people that where they're, what they're doing is wrong, or are we lowering the bar in the sense of, as a church even, saying, oh, well, you know, they're a fornicator, oh, homo, you know, homosexuality, adultery, you know, that, it's okay, we want you to come. But we don't remember, we can't forget that the path into the church is not acceptance, it's conversion. And I think right. without that, these young people are not, they're going to be duped because no one is there to tell them the truth about the meaning and purpose of life. And that falls on us as a church. Am I on to something, Matthew? I think so. I think that, uh, you know, if you look at the spiritual writers over the last hundred years, mm-hmm. you can see that there was a concern, you know, a hundred years ago yeah. that people saw uh, God as a as a stern taskmaster, as somebody who was just waiting to, yeah. you know, throw and 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 the the um, you know response to that has been so overwhelming that you know the pendulum has swung entirely the other way. Yep. That, you know, it's like, oh, God's lucky that we show up to mass at all. <laughs> you know, it's like funny. <laughs> go there and celebrate ourselves. And isn't, you know, aren't we wonderful? Isn't he lucky to have a people like us? You know, it's it's really gone, you know, uh, uh too much in the other direction. We need to find that healthy balance. Absolutely. You know, the virtue it's on it's on the it's on a mean, it's in the media and you have to to find that place between the extremes. Matthew, I want to talk about Google test as AI artificial intelligence tool that is able to write news articles. And then I want to tease everybody when we come back in the last segment. I also want to talk about uh, Hollywood and all the strikes. Not only Hollywood, we got UPS strike. We got all kinds of things coming up that's going to disrupt, you know, our situation here on planet Earth and much, much more. But Matthew, just on the Google tests, uh, is they're testing this AI tool that, is going to be able to write the news articles. They're testing this product uh, that uh, really is um, going to be able to do what what the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, all these big companies, are are they going to be put out of of, uh, business because of AI? What are your thoughts? Well, well, first off, (laughs) I remember in Ghostbusters, um, one of the characters asked Mm -hmm. uh, Egon, the scientist, do you like to read? He says, print is dead. Huh. <laughs> that was in the eighties, but wow. they were looking forward to this whole, this computer revolution. Yeah. And yeah, newspapers. Have you seen one lately? No, you know, they've they cut them down. They're, they're, they're much smaller uh, than they used to be. And, and yeah, people don't read the newspaper anymore. They get their, they get their uh, stuff online, but somebody still has to write it. Yeah. Unless of course you can get a computer to write it for you. Well, and that's the thing. 90% of, of these, uh, uh, news stories yes or just people that go on the internet and do the do the research well yep. apparently you know the, the artificial intelligence quote unquote is really just a super powerful search engine yeah you put in a bunch of particular parameters and put in a, in a you know a template and yep. it spits out a, an article as well as uh, a you know intern at the newspaper would do yeah it's what you put into uh, the computer to do to to do what it should do whether it's a right wing left wing whatever 
they're going to mm-hmm. do it. So I think that's a, a thing that we have to look at in the future. And again, I keep saying this, that don't uh, put your trust right here in Jesus Christ. Amen. Not into AI, not into any, even even in the church in the sense of some priests, bishops, um, you know, high officials in the church, you can't, you, they, they're fallible, okay? They can make mistakes, but Absolutely. Jesus Christ can't. He's the God-man. And I think mm-hmm. that we have to deepen our faith and ask, like I always say to everybody, you know that I say, ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day. We need that kind of faith to survive a world that acts like God doesn't exist. That's right. Faith is a gift yes. that is given freely by God, and so it's something that we must always pray for. Yes. It's not because he's not giving us enough. It's because we have a trouble receiving it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about Holly Weird. Did I say Hollywood or Holly Weird? Well, sometimes I think it's Holly Weird, and we're going to talk about this strike and what it means uh, for the uh, industry and, uh, and also for the end user, us. And uh, maybe this is a time for Hollywood to redirect, there's no pun on words, redirect Mm -hmm. their motives because of the uh, Jim Caviezel movie. Maybe they're going to find out that people want things that are going to be, you know, uplifting and showing the value of life. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse Romero will be back next week. Matt Arnold filling in. Matt, maybe Hollywood needs to be knocked down a little bit with this strike in the sense that, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'm being facetious when I say that, but Matt, you have a, a, a background in entertainment. So I thought it was mm-hmm. uh, the topic. When I saw it, I said, I really want to get your take on what is actually going on. And can this be a strong message to Hollywood that, um, you know, what they're doing uh, needs to stop and they need to uh, bring more of uh, wholesome values into making movies and not undermining uh, Christian values? Well, yeah, I mean, we've got two uh, stories going on okay. here, or maybe three. Okay. Um, uh, we, we have the success of uh, Jim Caviezel's film. Yeah. That does show. That shows a, a definite hunger on the people that they want. They want movies that uh, you know not only entertain, but as you say, uplift. You know that's. I mean, that's from everything I've heard. I've not seen it yet myself. Uh, uh, some priest friends of mine went and said it was very. It was difficult to watch because of the subject matter. But but that it you know they felt that it was an important film and then and that more importantly that it was a good film you know so many Christian movies are are just a a sermon you know that and the, the movie's just a hook to hang it on you know yeah and and you know not in that way it, it really it fails as as a film at that point if it just becomes propaganda right mm-hmm. so uh, yeah it, it's it's a wonderful thing that you know, and you, you contrast with that the uh, latest Pixar movie which is called Elemental which is very much in that, you know, it's, it's a sermon with it. You know, they hung a, the movie was an excuse for it. And it has not done well at all. Families have stayed away in droves, as yep. they say. Yep. Whereas the other film is, you know, and so that's, that's a message for Hollywood is just to wake up. You know, they, uh, they, once upon a time, they had an influence that they don't have as much anymore because of the internet, largely. Yes. I because agree. people have more access to, to more things. And that brings us then to the writer's strike, which is about, the fact that streaming has com- really changed the uh, 
the ecology of mm-hmm. being a Hollywood screenwriter. You know, when, when my wife worked in, in Hollywood, she was a, typically worked with writers and producers. And they would, you know, they come into a room and there's several writers. People are assigned various scripts and then they come together yeah. to, to, you know, punch them up and so forth and, and, and see to it, you know, if there's any kind of overarching story arc that it's all being represented and blah, blah, blah. Well, today, so many of these guys, they're working for the, for the bare minimum. They're working from a computer at home. The, the, uh, the showrunners don't actually have a staff of writers to go to, you know, right. uh, and, and it's, and it has everything to do again with the internet because of streaming, because they have these new revenue sources and, and, you know, a lot of people, Terry, yeah. or, or they're, they're streaming TV. They're not watching these new shows. That's good. good point. <laughs> you know? So they're not, they, they don't have the, the, the influence or the money, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Yes. And these writers want to be, you know, compensated. They want to get the, good. you know, like the writers in the sixties fought for uh, residuals. I remember that. Yep. That, that is the same kind of thing. In fact, this is the first time that uh, the, Writers Guild, the WGA and SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, have been on strike at the same time. Hasn't happened since 1960. Wow, that's a long time ago. Hey, hey yeah. I like what you're saying. One of our listeners works at one of the big TV networks here in Southern California, and he said, I predicted 15 years ago that computers would eliminate human news anchors, and I was laughed at. He said, mm-hmm. this past weekend in, in India, AI made a woman news anchor we ran the story during the commercial break uh, and the evening news. The anchors felt their jobs were threatened. You think? Right. That, well, that, you know, yeah, of course. We, yeah. Well, we, well, we already have it, you know, it, that, that homogenization yeah. of the message. I saw, I saw a thing online a while back and it was, it was, it was terrifying really. Okay. Um, it was a guy that had just collected all of these news stories and it was local news and it was national news. And it was the, you know, mm-hmm. and he would, and they're, and they're saying the exact same words. Wow. You know, and you've, and you've come to that place now where it's like a, a lot of the TV news, it's just, it's become propaganda, Yeah, you know, where they're, where they're, you know, they're getting talking points, they're getting marching orders. So they're going to, they're going to the associated press and, you know, they have such a stranglehold on, on the way that news is disseminated that if you don't stick to their guidelines, your story won't get heard. Right. You know, so and, and so that's very much affecting the narrative. And we're getting a very homogenous narrative from all of the mainstream media. Sure. Well, this, yeah, w- what could be more useful <laughs> to somebody like that than a soulless writer? Yeah. Who does, who does nothing but go to the, you know, I mean, I, I was listening to uh, some local uh, radio personalities and they did a story that was written for them in the style of their show. Wow. And they were commenting on how freaky it was. Yeah, that would be, wouldn't that be weird? You know, oh. because, because it was not only written, you know, like a story that they would run, but it was written in quote unquote in their voices, Yeah, you know, Mac- and now with, with the advent of the, of the digital avatar, yeah, you can have a thing that looks just like a human being yeah. in a voice that was generated by a computer reading a, a story that was written by a computer. It, you know, it, and so yeah, that, that's that's a lot of jobs on the block. <laughs> see if this see if this makes sense to you when I ask you this question, and that is the dignity of the human person. Meaning hmm. that we have left out, like for example, the dignity of the unborn, right? They they have no dignity. We could kill them, okay? The elderly, mm-hmm. no dignity there. If we find there's no functionality of individual people, it seems our culture is saying 
They don't have a dignity, so get rid of them. And mm-hmm. it seems like this mentality is really, I use this term, the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And it seems like it's going to just destroy uh, what we call um, society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I well, onto something? Because that's how I see it, where it's going. It's <clears throat> well, you know, the, the word culture yeah. has as its root the word cult. Yeah, cool. In, in, the, in, in the sense of a shared belief. Mm-hmm. What's the shared belief in the United States right now, Terry? Well, or, 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 or is it, or, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a scattergun. I, I would say that, that you have a, a huge portion of secular humanists who say he who gets the most toys and who gets the most pleasure wins. Right. And there are those who would say, yes, the world needs to be fundamentally transformed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and they, they, they've come to that place where, as you say, human dignity doesn't enter into the equation. No, it doesn't. That, you know, as it was, it's, isn't that Stalin's famous thing where they talked about the, all the people that were killed and he said you can't make an omelet unless you break a few eggs. Yeah, and he said it's a tragedy when one person dies, but billions of people, millions of people die, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's a statistic. It's a statistic, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Wow. Matt, let me just wrap this up with an inspirational saint. Oh, please do. Because this is kind of <laughs> depressing in one sense. Can be. In, northern Philipp- in the northern Philippines... The diocese is embarking on a tedious process to make a teenage girl one of the youngest saints in history. Yeah, she's, she uh, was just 13 years old when she lost her battle regarding her heart. She had a heart attack because her heart wasn't functioning well. Hmm. But this little girl, even though she was short-lived, she left a major impact on the people of who, the lives who were touched. She had a strong devotion to the Eucharist. Well, there you go. She was devoted her life to distributing what? Rosaries, Bible prayers, books, holy images, and other religious items. So here's a good model for a teenager. She was always known for always wearing a rosary around her neck and a white dress. (laughs) I thought that was good. Mm. The bishop said at a very young age, she showed behaviors and acts that were unusual for her age. And during her time, it was unusual that a young girl had already done acts of evangelization. So they're putting her up as a model for uh, the Catholic Church because of her love for the Blessed Mother, her love for the Holy Eucharist, and her love to share that with people. And I think in our church today, she's a great model because I think, I don't know if it was you or well, it was yesterday's show, I think we talked about you know some people in the church bragging that they hadn't you know baptized anybody in 30 or 40 years down in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or we have a, 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 a Archbishop running World Youth Day saying we're not here to, you know, convert anybody. Convert anybody. Yeah. And this little girl, 13 years old, telling all these PhDs. I'm sorry, Matt. I have nothing against you know highly educated people. No, no, not at all. But the simple folks are giving the gospel messages: repent and believe in the gospel. So I just want to say thank you to the little girl, and and I pray that her. Uh, canonization will go forward because we need models like that, Matt. We do. And you know what? You There's a couple of things that you repeat very often, and you will before the end of the show, so I'm not going to say what they are. But there's one that, that has become uh, uh, a drumbeat for me, and that's a quote from Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson, who yeah. said that it was the man in the street that understood our Lord, and the doctor of the law, who was uh, scandalized and, and perplexed. You know, and, and that's the thing. We you, you need to be able to, to have confidence that you can understand the message of the faith. Yep. And that you can live it out. And that, you know, that, that the great majority of our saints are 
were simple people. I, I mean, okay. some of them were, 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 were and, and some of the, the best were highly educated yeah, like people, Thomas Aquinas or um, Bishop Sheen yeah, even. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but you don't have to be. There, there's a wonderful <laughs> story I ran across. And it's something that, that I, I think about from time to time because things do get difficult. And, you know, it, it's, it can be, I mean, I think it's one of Satan's tactics to, to try and demoralize you, mm -hmm. to try and just wear you down. And uh, I ran across a story the other day of, of Teresa of Avila. She was asleep and then she, and she woke up to find uh, uh, the specter of a, of a hideous demon manifested itself at the foot of her bed yep. in, in an effort to terrorize her. And it says that she blinked twice and opened her eyes and looked at him and said, oh, you again, mm -hmm. and turned over and went back to sleep. Yep, yep. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we, we need to we need to remember what our Lord said. Be not afraid. Amen, Matt. You know, and, and in today's gospel yeah. that I, I'm sure you read at the beginning of the show, Simple. you know, take my yoke on you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light yeah. and you will find rest for yourselves. So, yeah. So don't don't let these things take uh, from you the peace of Christ. Amen. Matt, tell us a little bit about your show here on VMPR.org. Oh, sure. Um, I do have a show every Wednesday. Uh, we have a, a live broadcast at... Uh, 12 o'clock Pacific time. It's called No Nonsense Catholic. And we talk about, well, all sorts of things. Um, uh, pretty much whatever I feel like talking about at the time, but it tends to <laughs> it tends to run along with the things that, that uh, are of concern to most people, I hope. Yeah, Matt, that's the thing I was going to say. You talk about the cultural issues, but also what's going on in the church and from the perspective of tradition. I think that's a yes. fair statement. That is a fair statement. All righty. Matt Arnold, thanks for joining me here at the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt, if you were Jesse, you know what I'm going to ask you every day. Because it's the hmm. ultimate question. What state should we be living in? That is the state of grace, yes. my friend. And that's the state we get in. And this is how we do it. By staying close to the sacraments and going to confession. If it's been a long time, I went to confession six days ago, right? But mm -hmm. I'm going to be going probably in another week, I bet. Knowing me. And I want to encourage you also to get the confession soon and live close to Jesus in the Eucharist and get that rosary out every day. Because remember, our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are you willing to make sacrifices? I am. I don't care if you're four years old or 104. We all can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. And that's what we try to do here at Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. Thanks again for supporting us here. May God richly bless you.